Another episode of Double Jumper Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and this week I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how you going, mate? I'm going okay. It's a um, quiet week, so I don't have too much to talk about other than news, but yeah, doing all right. What about you? Yeah, yeah, doing well, man. Doing well. Excited excited to see uh, what's, what's going to happen with some updates to Halo Infinite and Battlefield 2042, but... Uh, this week we're also joined by uh, a, a, a veteran, a great friend, lovely guest, Mr. Kai Holroyd. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Uh, much like hepatitis, I will never go away. <laughs> <laughs> what? Great opener. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they don't remember that's, that that's icebreaker. What the C and hepatitis C stands for. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, you brought it on, all right. <laughs> I did. Consequences of uh, my own actions once again. <laughs> uh, before we talk about what we've been uh, like playing and and things like that, Kai, you uh, you had the chance to watch the new James Bond movie. Now, John and I talked at length about it last week, but we're interested to hear your thoughts about. You know, in, in a couple of minutes, how would you summarize your opinion of, of the new movie? No time to die. Not enough, Anna Diamas. Uh, yep, obviously. And <laughs> could easily have cut like forty-five minutes, and it would have been a better movie. Like, yep. was was good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. There just needed to be a little bit less of it to make it like, make it perfect. Now, would you have cut all of the parts with Rami Malek? <laughs> what parts with Rami Malek? It was barely in it. <laughs> and apparently, he he never ages. He rocked up at the end to take all the credit. My parents made this god. <laughs> oh god. Uh, I think the, the, the little kid is like the the standout. Like she's actually the smartest person in the whole movie. <laughs> do you want to do this? No. Alright, well then you have to leave. She's like, okay. I mean that's the <laughs> problem with all James Bond movies is that James Bond is consistently the dumbest guy on screen. This is the dumbest <laughs> character. Yeah. It's kind of part yeah. of his character this time too. It's like this, like you know, five movies is like brutish, so they kind of lean yeah. into it. Whatever. It's like, oh, he's kind of dumb. So <laughs> makes sense. And, and everyone calls him out on him. <laughs> it's like every every time they all meet, they try and like solve a problem. They're all chatting, and like halfway through, it's like, oh, where's James? And he's gone and ruined the plan they just made. Something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you uh, think of the new Double O? Like the competing Double O. Uh, I liked her. I thought she was a good addition. I I mm. liked that sort of dynamic. Yeah, like I think we, I think you go in expecting him to be totally standoffish and like, like competitive, but he kind of, like he's kind of uh, more adult about the whole thing now, in a way, and just accepts it. He's he's less outwardly standoffish. I liked yeah. that there was still definitely that like tension there. Yeah, because that's. <laughs> Obviously, lower stakes. That's exactly what you get if you go back to like somewhere you used to work and you see the new guy who replaced you. Yeah. And you're just like, hmm. You're very relatable. I, I know I <laughs> exactly. left, but I could do this job better than you. <laughs> yeah, and then the person who you who replaced you is like, wait, why is everyone treating them like they haven't left at all? Yeah. Uh, hello? <laughs> but, and what did you think of the, the whole plot 
stemming from a potentially dangerous bioweapon that was created in a lab and is could become a global pandemic. Uh, I loved it. Very relatable. <laughs> uh, not poor timing at all. <laughs> Incredible. No. It's, it's, yep. And um, like I talked about it with John last week, like uh, it's basically very similar to uh, like the plot of Metal Gear Solid 4. Like the end of a hero who there was a virus created to like kill him and now it's engineered in such a way that it can affect other people and so the hero can never be united with like will never have that closure of companionship and nanomachines <laughs> obviously <laughs> I'm more impressed that you managed to get through Metal Gear Solid 4 and knew what was going on okay. <laughs> hey I love that I love I love that game it's one of my favourite games ever it's I, I was actually teary towards the end of that game alright you leave <laughs> you leave Mr. Snake alone his end is rest yeah because you brought it up <laughs> last week and I was like going along with it but I definitely do not remember a lot of that game <laughs> yeah I remember yeah. Nano Machines you like else. nodding along like yeah I I know the plot of Metal Gear Solid 4 obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like said everyone else in the office besides Hideo Kojima <laughs> when the game was getting made yeah that sounds uh, alright uh, well, um, Kai, thanks for your thoughts there. Overall, did you like enjoy it? Did you did you think, ah, oh, nah, miss, not worth it? I'd I'd watch it on an aeroplane. I would not spend another twenty five bucks on a movie ticket uh, cool. to go and see. Gotcha. <laughs> I think yeah, John, fair. you were kind of similar. Yeah, similar I'd agree there. with that. That's a good uh, good ranking. Early, <laughs> 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 um, oh, is it beer gone? Oh. Oh dear. Let's talk about how wrong are Beer's opinions on James Bond are. <laughs> yeah. You're the host yeah. now, John. Oh, I'm not set up for this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I think it, I think we're on the same level actually. Like yeah. did you do you like these movies generally? Uh I I have a soft spot for James Bond, but I will admit that they're usually not like masterpieces. Hmm. Like, yeah, because I've only seen the Craig ones. So far, I really need to go back and watch at least one of the old ones just to have some sort of you know frame of reference. But, um, look, yeah, it, it's like this one certainly wasn't as good as Casino Royale or Skyfall. Yeah, that's basically, <laughs> yeah, that's basically like, that's Alpha. Sort of, kept going yeah. like, oh, it wasn't as good as Casino, though. So it's like just uh, yeah, kind of overshadows all of them, like, um, yeah, yeah, because I thought it kind of fell in the middle pretty oh, securely absolutely. in my mind. Yeah, like definitely better than Spectre and Quantum of Solace, which is not, admittedly, not a high bar to reach. Yeah, I was I was really shocked at how bad Spectre was when I saw it. It's like I was I think I was laughing at it a lot because <laughs> all I remember of it now is um that helicopter part in the first in the opener, where it's just like kind of doing loop de loops in the helicopter oh. with these like big like distant wide shots and it looks so silly. And then, um, then the giant explosion, they were like all, you know, excited. That's like, oh, it's the biggest explosion ever on film. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it just yeah. looks funny, really. I am back. Hello. Sorry, everyone. My uh, computer crashed and it seems to do it in the worst moments. <laughs> yeah, that's been in a while. Ooh. Yeah, I know, which is false sense of security there. Sorry, what did I miss? The, the last part I got up to recording was when I said, oh, I love it. <laughs> and then nothing. Oh. oh, we just kept going on about Bond. Yeah, just the, the oh, Daniel sorry. Craig movies in general, and that Casino Royale was great. Oh, cool. 
Oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Plenty of talk about the latest James Bond. John, uh, briefly, you started watching Dexter New Blood. It's kind of like the the like the long-awaited real ending to <laughs> long Dexter. Long-awaited. Yeah, long-awaited yeah. is a, a phrase to use. Um, it's like the last season was terrible. It ended, I don't know. Yeah, just kind of recap, surely. It's like a revival of the original show Dexter, which had nine seasons oh no eight seasons that's right this is the ninth season technically and it's like in real time in the future after the ending of the original show um it's about i don't know so far it's like it hasn't been it's about the quality i would kind of expect i guess not what i'd hope for because i was like i I was kind of surprised when we started watching it it's like i have a lot more nostalgia for this show than i realized like as it started whereas like I'm, i'm very i was very excited for it by the time it started but it's very um Oh, it's very mundane. Adds like teen drama oh, to man. it because oh. of the characters involved, and it's just like, oh, this is like exactly what this show didn't need, and it was already not kids, in a good place. Well, like yeah. the kids from the show are now grown up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's like, <laughs> so it's like they're characters, but now they're adding like teen element to it in a general sense, like that kind of wow. drama. It's just like it's just so unnecessary, <laughs> and it's it's such a surprise they would go along and actually Probably add it to not it. what the show needs <laughs> does, does he still have his lab that's that's all i need from a dexter show uh <laughs> no actually his whole thing is that he actually hasn't killed for in real time like 10 years or however long it's been so oh. yeah, it's mean, all r- kind of round of very... applause yeah. and didn't kill someone <laughs> yeah congrats <laughs> but it's um it's very rural oh, yeah which is kind of interesting but it kind of i don't know whatever interest i have well, uh, not interest, like whatever kind of distinctive quality the setting has, like as like a re- mm. revival, it kind of goes away pretty quick. It's like, it's pretty, I don't know. I'm hoping it gets kind of, maybe not ambitious, but better <laughs> in the late, like late, because there's only been two episodes so far, so there's not much. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I was just hoping it'd be better. Oh, and also I didn't, I only realized like well, at the end of the first episode, because it uses the same music is how mm. good the intro credits for the show, the original show is. Like, you know where he's making breakfast, if you've seen it at all? And it's, like, very, like, yeah, all these close-ups with this, like, great music. And it uses that oh, music wow. for the end credits with, like, no... It's just, like, kind of smoky, uh, like, Random effects shit. across <laughs> credits. Um, and I was thinking, it's like, oh, it's like, how could they got rid... Like, if there was anything that was worth Something making iconic. a show again for, like, again, was just doing that intro credits again. But mm. they didn't do it. <laughs> it's like, how could they not do it? <laughs> like, the whole but, thing was, like, he killed only bad people, right? Yeah. Was that it, his thing? Yeah, that's it. Okay, uh, that would feel so bad. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, oh. yeah, that's pretty. that sums up my impressions, really. Fair enough. I just reckon, hey. with the Dexter show, cause the, the joke of the credits was, like, it always looks like he's killing someone, but he's yeah, actually yeah. just like cutting an apple or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, you've got you've got the reboot. Do the opposite of that. Yeah, exactly. It's like I'll like just, just do you know like because he lives like off the land or something like it, like he lives like well very little like he has like farm animals and stuff. So you know just do like a rural version of it. That'd be fun. I don't know. I don't care. I'm like, just, just want to like, see it again. <laughs> like frame it here. He is picking some of his crops, but actually it zooms out and he's garroting someone. Yeah, it'd yeah. be great. Yeah, it's like, oh, is a carcass hanging in the thing? Oh, you think it's a deer? No, it's a human. Ooh, that's very spooky. <laughs> that would be that would be a twist. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's not much else to really add. I think it, it hasn't really finished the whole season, right? Yeah, it's only been a couple episodes, so I'll yeah. have more uh, 
critical opinions of it, maybe another time. Maybe in comparison between this and the the Twin Peaks yeah, follow up. But, but, um, <laughs> what about Halo Infinite? Been playing more of it. Yeah, I played a little bit more of it. Yeah, throughout the weekend, a lot of fun. It's um played more of the like the arena, the big. I think they call them p- big team battles. We just got like more people. Like I think like sixteen or th- I don't even know. I think it's like sixteen versus sixteen. But lo- it's a lot of fun. It's Halo. It's it's just shenanigans. Warthogs flipping everywhere. Uh, I'm looking up tips and stuff. There's there's a lot of like things to the game that you don't really realize. And I'm I'm really bad. I didn't do any of the training drills. I know I should probably do that and like figure out all every single weapon. But I'm like ah, I just shooty shoot and I and then punch. If in doubt, just punch, punch and throw grenades. That's that's been Halo forever. So yeah, you know it's free to play. It's not you don't lose don't really lose anything by like trying it out. So I would encourage people to try it. See what you think. And it's crossplay, so why not? <laughs> yeah, I actually forgot it was crossplay. But yeah, I'm sorry. Cool. This is the first I've heard. It's not an Xbox exclusive. I just took that as a as a given that it would be. Well, it's Microsoft, so oh, of course, it's it's PC and Xbox. Um, but it's free to play, and it's on Steam and other stuff as well. So, like Microsoft's kind of fully going into the like Xbox Play Anywhere thing, as long as it's on uh, PC, Xbox, or even Android phones through uh, streaming. So there's quite a few options there. And Halo Infinite, like the campaign, is only a couple of weeks away anyway, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of more open design really pans out uh, in, in, in a Halo context. I'm sorry, all yeah. I can think with, with playing it on a mobile, it's like the old online Mario Kart where you'd finish a race and everyone would be like, I'm using tilt controls. <laughs> like That was on Wii <laughs> or something, right? Yeah, just imagine <laughs> imagine getting headshotted. Master Chief comes over, starts teabagging you because it's Halo, (laughs) and I'm using tilt controls. (laughs) That's true. He's in like an iPad. Yeah. Oh god. (laughs) Just show controls, teabag in real life, and you like duck down with the iPad. (laughs) That's just VR chat. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's now that's better. (laughs) Before we talk about the news from this past weekend, there's. Quite a bit of it. <laughs> um, let's uh, talk about that. Uh, what was on Double Jump last week, John? We had uh, we had a very interesting article about Animal Crossing's uh, like evolution in terms of co-op uh, by none other than Mr. Edward Atwood. I like how you reworded that lead in. <laughs> so the article is called Animal Crossing's Co-op Evolution. Um, yeah. So Edward Atwood wrote it. Um, I think he's been writing mm-hmm. a bunch for us lately. I'm yeah, keeping track too closely. He's on but fire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's based, it's just to sum it up. Yeah, it's like covering how how each entry of the mainline titles, like all six of them, have kind of their multiplayer features, how they've evolved, how they changed, how they've like been, you know, parts of it have been taken away or added over mm. time. Um, yeah, it was interesting. It, it like <laughs> that sounds so backhanded. It is really genuinely interesting because I didn't know a lot of it. Um, yeah. I, I knew about it. Is like, um, but yeah, it's kind of. It's interesting to see, like, you know, the 64 version is, like, pretty much the same as the localized version we got a couple of years later yeah. or something. I, I never realized that, uh, like, Animal Forest, which was the original, like, game, came out on the N64 in Japan. I just always knew that it came out on, like, GameCube. But it makes sense that it starts off on, on the 64, like, for such a simple game, like, I bet the N64 could handle it. 
blurry textures and all. <laughs> yeah, I gotta love that lo-fi look. Um, have you played yeah. much Animal Crossing, Kai? I have not. No. My, my only familiarity with Animal Crossing is a deep love for Froggy Chair. <laughs> um, understandable <laughs> I think um, I think my friends who do play Animal Crossing Are getting annoyed with me Sort of wandering into the room Whenever they've got it on the screen It's been like, fill, fill the room with froggy chairs <laughs> That's not helpful, Kai <laughs> oh, I've, I've just always been fascinated by the Like, the narrative around Tom Nook Like being like a Like a debt collector A vicious debt collector <laughs> And and he and his crooked sons that he's that have inherited his business, who he sends out on errands to collect the money, to collect his bells. Is that what underbelly is like? Just like probably, <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> I was actually sorry. Animal Crossing <laughs> Father's Day Massacre. The update. <laughs> the update's coming. <laughs> and, I, and I think it was like New Leaf, basically started off like I think the whole plot was like, hey, you're headed to this island and you land there and there's like. Oh my god, our turtle mayor has left. We need a new mayor. Oh, you'll do nicely. Come along with me. And that was like the start of the game. <laughs> the plot. <laughs> uh, I love that. And I, like, uh, I think Uniqlo announced like an Animal Crossing collection. I don't even play the games. I just want a KK Slider t-shirt. He just looks He just looks like he's having a good time all the time. I've got a couple of things from you, you, Uniqlo. <laughs> I, yeah. I always forget they have so many themes stuff. I actually want to look at that. <laughs> they, look, they sound good, actually. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I bought a Nintendo 64 shirt. Uh, sorry, I bought a PlayStation logo shirt from JJ's. I like The thing is, like my wife, every time we go shopping, she never finds anything for her. Like She's just always struggling with sizes or like the right fit and stuff like that. And I'll just walk in and be like, oh, that looks cool, and just buy it. <laughs> she's still looking at stuff, and I've already bought it, and walked back to it. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, ooh, game shirt. Yep. Enough easy. for me. Oh, I'm, I'm easy. Yeah, that's enough for me. Does KK s- try it on? No. Does KK slider count as a game shirt or a music shirt? It's probably both. I'd say. Like to the average person, it'll just be a dog with a guitar. Whereas people who know, they know. Yeah, it's a good safe shirt as far as video yeah. game. Can I get? Can I get like a KK slider tour shirt? KK slider San Francisco. 2018 oh. <laughs> and then like a list of all the tour dates on the back oh i really <laughs> yeah. want to see that now that sounds very good actually <laughs> oh yeah uh you think if he makes a restaurant it has to be called kk sliders i guess <laughs> <laughs> and there has to be live music <laughs> either that or they're gonna make sliders out of kk and i don't want that to happen <laughs> What a what a horrifying mix between like <laughs> a classic burger joint and then like a hipster indie cafe that's like live music all the time. Uh, that, what if you know, what if what if you there. went to Macca's uh, and there in the corner is like an acoustic band <laughs> doing their Friday night set? <laughs> Sliders and acoustic the, music. <laughs> it's like folk. <laughs> It's like bloody, folk guitar. Bloody Angus and Julius only. Stone here playing at <laughs> Mackers. No, but it has to be it only it can only be indie covers of classic Mackers like jingles. What? <laughs> classic McDonald's oh. jingles. I don't even know what they would be. Like I, I wasn't around here in the nineties, so I, I can't even think of it. All I know is just the ba 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 ba. 
<laughs> is that enough? <laughs> uh, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, that's enough talk about KK Sliders, KK Sliders, and KK Insliders. Let's talk about some of the major news stories from this past week. John, you just cracked <laughs> that, that late smile just like cracked me up there. <laughs> <laughs> We're having too much fun here. Descriptions of, of murder always get us going, isn't that right? That's the double jump away. <laughs> here it's about to be a huge tonal shift in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All frowns. Speaking of bad guys and people who should be cancelled, let's talk about Bobby Kotick, the current CEO of Activision Blizzard slash King, because I think King's part of that group now. Uh, so last week we were, we talked about the Wall Street Journal report uh, describing how Activ- how um, Bobby Kotick was kind of complicit in terms of the like the allegations of harassment throughout the years. Um, whether that was kind of like covering p- for people or threatening people who um, like were going to sue the company. Um, and then we also talked about Jens, uh, I think it was Jens O'Neill, who left, who was a co-leader of Blizzard. And she left and then kind of revealed that, um, yeah, by the way, I was meant to be the co-leader with Mike Yabara from Xbox. But now, uh, then I realized that he was getting paid less than me for doing the exact same job, yet I've been part of the Activision family for almost two decades now. Um, yeah, that that was a like real piece of work. And I think later it came out that Activision offered to pay her equally when she threatened to leave, like when she attended her resignation, which is, oh, you know, always a sign of a great company, right? Yeah, it's a heavy report. <laughs> yeah. So what's happened since then is... Uh, a, a quite a few things, and I'll and we'll run through them um, right now. So the first thing that we can talk about is that there have been a pair of petitions uh, that have happened. Uh, first one is actually from as of uh, as of this recording, which is uh, Wednesday, the twenty fourth of November. More than eighteen hundred Activision Blizzard employees have called for uh, Bobby Kotick's resignation. And this was kind of set up by the employee group ABK Workers Alliance, so Activision Blizzard King. Um, and essentially, like, I think that the day after that report came out, um, they essentially set up this uh, signature. It picked up hundreds of signatures within a couple of days and it's just kept growing. It's kind of indicative of the general attitude within the company of 1,800 plus of your workforce is, um, you know, saying, get, get, get rid of this dickhead and uh, according to the 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 text of the petition um we the undersigned no longer have confidence in the leadership of bobby kotick as a ceo of activision blizzard we ask that bobby kotick remove himself as ceo and that shareholders be allowed to select the new ceo without the input of bobby who we are aware owns a substantial portion of the voting rights of the shareholders and i guess the board by extension there uh so that that was um kind of the first thing the second thing was that there's like a public change.org petition which is 20 more than 20,000 uh, signatures as of now like probably not as important as what's happening internally for the company you know if you're if you're if that many of your employees are really not happy with your leadership you know that doesn't look good i don't think that's going to be a long-term like um 
kind of long-term sustainable like culture there like it's what what do you guys think about this whole idea do you do you agree um yeah it's like just just even more pressure even if it's from Mm. people outside the company you know it's like it's kind of like a sign of that people you know that fans or just people who kind of keep tabs on the industry are like they're aware and they're Mm. trying to make their voices heard by even you know through a change.org petition which you know rarely has much power but it's you know a um symbol I think this is is gonna sound cynical of me, uh, which I'm sure no one expected. Um, like a, co- a company's not gonna get rid of its CEO for moral reasons. That's just not mm. a not a thing that happens. I think the petitions yeah. are showing is that it is going to have a market impact, and that's what if he leaves, that's why it'll be. Yeah, I think because already sales will drop. And and already like uh, Activision's shares dropped like eleven percent as soon as that report went up, so it clearly already had an impact. And as we'll learn, there might be some more commercial ramifications there as well in terms of partnerships. So, um, following this, according to Wall Street Journal, um, which we got via GamesIndustry.biz, so like on Friday, last Friday, um, uh, apparently the Activision Blizzard kind of executive team had a meeting, and that's where Bobby Kotick reportedly said that he'd consider <coughs> re- resigning if the company can't fix its problems, quote, with speed. Um, and later in that meeting, uh, it was re- allegedly discussed that the company could create a, quote, workplace excellence committee, quote, in addition to all the other committees and other things that is probably token gestures it's set up in the wake of this. Um I mean, it's good that he said he'll he'll consider it if they can fix it quickly. I mean, like, as we all know, this is you just got to issue a patch and just uh, you know, just just let everyone know and it's all fixed, right? Just just tell Bobby Kotick's just got to come out and say, hey, I love women, they're great. Uh, I think they should be uh, treated fairly. Will I pay them equally? No, not really. But I I recognize that they exist and that they are humans. Uh, next question. Like, w- w- Kai, what do you think about this? I mean, you should have seen the free muffins they had in the lobby for International Women's Day. Like, if that doesn't prove something, what will? Yeah, that is change. That is, I can. F- that's tangible change. I can feel it. I can touch it. I know it's there. <laughs> I can feel the change of culture changing around us. Yeah, like. I mean, <laughs> what he what he failed to realize is that the the problem he wants to fix. Is himself. Yeah. yeah. He's all like, if we can't fix it, I'll leave. I'll give He's you like, a quick fix. That's, we've, we've, <laughs> your staff have figured out the solution here, and it's yeah. for you to leave. <laughs> yeah, there's not, not too much to it. I think, like, uh, when I read, like, with speed originally, it's like, oh, that's rich. It's like, but it's kind of, it's like kind of one of the weaker statements I think we've got from codex side and a little i mean they keep coming out but i don't know when i read that it's like oh it's not it's even less convincing i mean that it's it's a nothing statement it's just buzzwords yeah, yeah. And, and, like, and the board reportedly is reportedly is like behind him so it's um like if you fill the board with like people who are sympathetic to you like you're not going to get told to leave <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like I think that it has to go beyond Bobby Kotick. Maybe, maybe the board needs to resign because culture flows from the top, and the CEO is obviously is, is where it kind of starts. But then the board around them 
kind of trickles down to the leadership, uh, into the different like brands, and then their leadership, and then their teams underneath them, and goes all the way down to like the studio level. So, like, I think the board itself has to leave as well. I I don't think just Bobby Kotick's the problem. Oh, for sure. Like, I think mm. if we've learnt anything, it's that you know the problems with Activision Blizzard are deeply, deeply ingrained in the company. Yeah. Like, there's no yeah. there's no one thread to pull or one person to get rid of that will solve it. Mm. Yeah, and, and apparently uh, another piece of news is that, um, according to Game Developer, that Activision Blizzard held a, a live-streamed all-hands meeting with its staff. And, you know, it sounds like a good idea. However, the questions were pre-screened, <laughs> like, ahead of, like, to be to make sure that they're like you know not too scathing i guess and uh, one of the questions that was asked was so activision blizzard says it's gonna adopt a quote zero tolerance quote policy against you know uh like harassment in the workplace toxic behavior even leadership that allows it to happen and when a staff uh when someone from staff asked hey does this also apply to bobby kotick's behavior since you know, it sounds like he knew of these things and, you know, for more than a decade now. And the action to that is, number one, uh, no. <laughs> his past, uh, his alleged past actions will not be subject to the zero uh, tolerance policy because, quote, there's no, ev- there's no evidence of claims against him and because it happened over a decade ago. So the statute of limitations or whatever in this case doesn't apply to the it's serious. It's it's interesting how people don't want to investigate their boss. Hmm. Interesting how that's happening there. Very saying the quiet part out loud there. <laughs> oh, like, like how convenient. You know what I mean? It's zero tolerance. Like he's waving the flag about zero tolerance, but doesn't apply to him. Like he's clearly above the law here. Yeah, it's like the staff are clearly not taking any of this well like i mean I've, i mean mm. oh that's an understatement i imagine it's meant like they keep trying like even inside the company outside it and it's just it's kind of every week we keep reporting on it it's the same kind of stuff yeah. every time it's just yeah uh, i don't know yeah. mine's kind of blank <laughs> reading through mm. a lot of this again mm, mm, of course and and apparently the um the other thing that came out of this meeting was that like we we fe- we learned that uh, Activision Blizzard extended the company's Thanksgiving break uh, to an entire week. Uh, apparently, this was uh, because it knew that the Wall Street Journal article would be published that week. So the following week, which is now like this whole week, was given as a as a week off to staff, probably because they didn't want people coming into the office and having those water cooler conversations or basically not working and you know potentially talking to each other, getting together and maybe unionizing. Who knows? Like it's um. Very clever, and it and it kind of goes, and it kind of indicates that Activision knew what was going to happen, that this report was going to come out. Like, it's yeah. It, do you think is that like another admission of guilt, <laughs> Kai? I mean, I think so, and I mm. I think this adds another thing for them to be grateful for this Thanksgiving is that uh, no <laughs> one is in the office to be throwing eggs at them. Yeah, like, fuck, this, yeah. Insanity. Like, if I was, if I was, like, 
in Activision Blizzard right now, I'd probably be looking at another studio. Like I'd be looking to, if I haven't left already. Now's probably the best time. You're probably going to get a lot more sympathetic, like uh, you know, views from other people from other companies now than if you just jump ship without, you know, like for no rhyme or reason, like without chipping a game or in the middle of a project. I don't know. It, maybe I'm just speculating I mean, there, but I mean, my thinking is a company like Activision Blizzard. This is mm. speculation. They probably have history enabled and know know what you're looking for on work computers. I would yep. be searching for DIY guillotines uh, and yeah. workplace revolutions from the past and just just sow those seeds in their minds. <laughs> yeah. Start it's like a Google image search everywhere. of guillotines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just, just let Bobby know that uh, peacefully resigning and stepping down is not the worst thing that could happen to him. Yeah, there are there are worse ways to leave a company. Like, I just hope that the industry does hold him accountable because I feel like for the longest, for the largest part, the industry has kind of let people like Eve Gamo out, like, off the hook. Like, I, I know I keep harping on about it, but, like, people like him should also be out of it because, um, like, culture starts at the top and if the leadership is incompetent or complicit they shouldn't be there yeah yeah the fact that people are speaking out about it is a huge step and like huge that's what we need incredible props to two people in the company who've you know taken that step and spoken out and publicly put their name out there signed their name on that um yeah that piece of paper like i'm sure wilma hale activision's kind of legal company that is brought in to handle this situation is Probably making a list, like using that list as like a priority list of who to go after. I guess, who knows. Mm-hmm. But I guess the the final piece here. Um, oh, sorry, John, were you about to say something? Sorry. Nope. <laughs> sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. Um, yeah. So the the other piece of this is that it seems like there might actually be some commercial ramifications for the ongoing scandals happening at Activision Blizzard. And this all started with uh, an email sent from Jim Ryan, who's the head of PlayStation or Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, So he, uh, according to Bloomberg, he sent an internal email to PlayStation staff saying that he and the Sony management were, quote, disheartened and frankly stunned to read about all of the allegations that were coming out of Activision Blizzard. Um, and that the company, quote, has not done enough to address a deep-seated culture of discrimination and harassment. Uh, pretty fair assessment, I guess, considering, you know, it was pretty fresh of the report. Like, probably this is like the day after the report came out. Um, but that's what it definitely sounds like to uh, to me um, as what's happened here. Yeah, it's. I think it's like accurate, but we'll see what the next news report what it actually <laughs> means. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I, yeah, I'd go back to what I said before. Like, these are these are the market forces that get CEOs sort of pushed out. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, realistically and cynically, Activision Blizzard doesn't give a shit what we think on our little yeah. podcast. Like, yeah, they do give many shits. Presumably, what PlayStation <laughs> and Xbox and Nintendo think of them. Yeah. Um. Because there's, yeah, like if if they say, nope, no Activision Blizzard games, then that's a lot of money lost right there. That is like the majority of their money gone. Um, So to follow this up, 
we also had a, a, another Bloomberg report saying that um, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox and I think gaming at Microsoft coming out, uh, sending like a similar email to staff, Microsoft staff, saying that the company was uh, evaluating all aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments, end quote. Uh, what that exactly means, it'll be interesting to, to learn about, but um, this like Microsoft, I think uh, Phil Spencer came out and confirmed the report later on as well and it'll, it'll be interesting to see what this actually means. And uh, finally, Doug Bowser, the the head of Nintendo of America, um, still the best, the most appropriate name for someone at Nintendo. Um, this came out of uh, a fanbite report that uh, Doug Bowser sent an email to staff uh, shortly after the report came out as well that along with all of you, I've been following the latest developments with Activision Blizzard and the ongoing reports of sexual harassment and toxicity at the company, I find these accounts distressing and disturbing. They run counter to my values as well as Nintendo's beliefs, values, and policies. So, uh, you know, pretty much along the same line. Uh, apparently, Nintendo has been in talks with Activision and about, you know, like, trying to figure shit out, like, what's actually happening. And also, I think kind of called to the ESA, so the Electronic Software Association, kind of like the the USA's gaming industry body and all th- all the companies are kind of members of it to uh, basically talk about, uh, except Sony, I think Sony pulled out, but um, basically to talk about, you know, more, I guess, accountability in, the, in this case um, because the ESA has been strangely like silent throughout this whole thing. I'm just disappointed that these companies weren't saying anything when everything was happening with Ubisoft and Riot Games and stuff, you know. Like, why now when the Wall Street Journal and mainstream media is coming after, you know, one of the biggest games, biggest companies in the world, that's when it, you know, becomes something worth talking about. Yeah, well, they're arguably not saying much anyway because it's just the staff. So, (laughs) it's it's kind of nice to read, but it's like... I I will also... I kind of assume that when they send an email like that to staff, they're expecting it yeah, uh, to make true. its way to Bloomberg. Yeah. Jeez, I hope no one hears that I don't like what's happening. Wink, wink. Oh, no, it's leaked, this perfectly worded and legally uh, vetted statement that I made. Oh, no. What a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I think Dear Bloomberg, please find a screenshot of a company email <laughs> from Guad Rezwab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, this is um Peter Spenston. Oh, <laughs> I wonder what he has to say. <laughs> um, like, that's the thing, like, uh, truth be told, like, Activision, like, like, all three companies can stand to lose billions of dollars potentially in licensing fees from Activision Blizzard titles because uh, that's how they kind of make money off these third-party game companies is you can't release a game on our platform unless we license it. It's not like um, PC where you can just download an executable or a file and then just kind of run a game. I mean, arguably, you could say that Steam is kind of in this similar boat now, but yeah, so that's why it's a little bit different and it that's why I want more action than just talk. Like, you know, put your money where your mouth is with this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, John. Oh, yeah. I just wonder. It's like I'm trying to think of the outcome of this. Like of you know of the platform holders, kind mm. of coming out with like any statement, even if it's indirect. And it's like, 
I guess in a way, like, the only thing I think of is, like, partnership agreements. And, like, because they wouldn't, like, take yep. games off from Activision Blitz. Like, it just won't happen. But it's, you know, it could just, it can in- impact the kind of profits that the company, Activision Blizzard, could make from the partnerships yeah. that they always, de- like, mm. uh, you know, coordinate with these companies. So it's like, otherwise I can't exactly. think of much. Like, what do you guys think? Like, I just have outcomes, I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't think games will be taken down. They're going to lose licensing fees for all every game, every new game coming out, every game that's already been released, plus all that sweet DLC, in-game, you know, you know, 30% of everything that basically goes through their, like, deal, like, all their storefronts. Like, that's a lot. That's That's billions of dollars a year. Like, think of how much Call of Duty makes alone. And then add in, uh, you know, things like um, Overwatch, uh, you know, probably Diablo coming up. Um, yeah, like, uh, it, it, just think of Warzone alone. Like, how much money they make off that. Like, I, I don't think any of these platform holders are going to actually do anything. Are they going to hold them, like, hold them accountable? No. There's too much know. money at yeah. stake. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, all I'm thinking is, like, they can just... It allows the platform holders to kind of negotiate kind of the the fees they're paying. Oh, I'm, yeah. Actually, yeah, like, they're paying Activision Blizzard to, like, kind of associate the brand. Like, you know, like, PlayStation are um, always attached partnered. to Call of Duty now, I think. Yeah, like, yeah. partnered. And so, it's like, I imagine it's just got to do with, like, with they're this kind of... Like, yeah. Yeah, they can, like... I don't know. That's all I'm... That's just... I don't know. I think it's, I think it's going right to be now. more PR than anything. I think they're just, like, maybe for the next 12 months or maybe for the next six months, you don't see, you know, Call of Duty, like, co-marketed by Sony. I think it's just going to be, like, kind of public distancing. Yeah, probably. And, um, I don't know. Well, that's... Yeah. I... I want more to happen, um, but... I'm I'm just worried that it won't, and like I guess it it'll set a d- dangerous precedent. Like when do you stop? How many acquisitions? Sorry, how many accusations before you don't talk to work with a company anymore? You know what I mean? Then will there be any companies left? Frankly speak, unfortunately, like think of all the AAA company. I don't think anything has gone um, like unscathed, and and we've got another company to talk about that's just entered the fray. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. <sighs> Mm. Yeah, so in our second story... um, Please. Yeah, so a former female um, (sighs) uh, PlayStation employee has sued Sony. um, It's reported by Axios. So the former IT security analyst, um, she has filed a a lawsuit against against PlayStation in California on Monday, um, alleging gender discrimination and wrongful termination after speaking up at... um, Yeah. At the at PlayStation, so Emma Majo is um, she's seeking court approval to expand her effort into a class action on behalf of women who've worked for PlayStation in the past few years. So, um, so she's alleging violations of the United States Equal Pay Act, um, saying, "quote Sony discriminates against female employees, including those who are female and those who identify as female, in compensation and promotion, and subjects them to a work culture predominated by men." Uh, which is, end quote, um, it's very familiar sounding to be honest. Like it's it's very like yeah. Um, so Majo alleges that she was ignored by a manager manager who has only responded to men, was passed over for promotions, and was terminated this year after submitting a gender bias complaint to the company. So um, hmm. and she says that other women at the company have struggled to get promoted at the same rate as men. And yeah, just kind of the, all the kind of details you always either assume or hear from these sort of corporations in regard to how mm. they, you know, um, employ their 
female employees. So frustrating. Yeah, I wish I could be shocked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, hopefully more people come forward. Women, people of color, uh, different, you know, sexual orientation, genders. Like, like this isn't just isolated to, you know, just, you know, Caucasian women. I'm sure there are a lot of other groups who have been affected by discrimination at their workplaces. And, you know, Hollywood had the whole Me Too movement happen a couple of years ago. And there's been a lot of, like, discussion about equal pay and things like that. And, you know what? I, I think the gaming industry's time has come and, you know, we need to... We're shaking all the trees and seeing what falls out and there's a lot of rotten apples there that we need to get rid of. That's the only way we're really going to... The only way we're really going to change things is, you know, maybe not choose people purely based on whether or not they f- they f- fulfill a minority um, kind of quota, but... Make sure that the processes you have in place that are designed to promote people or to hire people don't uh like don't favor against people from these minorities or or women or whatever groups it may be um yeah it's just like, making making sure those policies make it hmm. you know easier and and equal uh for for you know non predominant cultures you know yeah. Make sure that, you know, spiritual holidays, people will always get them off and the company yeah. will account for that at the hiring process. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it needs to be Crazy. more, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we've kind of uh, summed it up, to be honest. Like, it's like it's just such a repetitive story to hear over and over again. I hope it leads to change, just like every other time. It's nice to have it yeah. actually, like, you know, rather than just an expose, be a legal action to try and yeah. lead to action um yeah or like the consequences i think our mm. views are pretty clear on the subject at this point <laughs> yeah um, pretty much yeah. upsetting as it is i think every time i've come on this podcast it's been a story like this yeah 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 it's, been um, a, yeah, it's like kind of a, like a regular feature of the show for a while yeah. <laughs> since we started actually stop either that's the it's the sad part yeah yeah. Well, let's talk to uh, some more. I guess it's like kind of positive and negative because you know this next game is both one of the most played games and worst reviewed games in Steam history. Kai, do you want to talk to us about Battlefield? Right. So Battlefield launched. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not gone well. Um, it's in the yeah. <laughs> top eight worst reviewed Steam games of all time. Which is and, yeah, not ideal. No, <laughs> and and that was like within a week of launch, and it's it's now dropped. I think since then dropped to number twelve, but considering the fact that it's less than three weeks old, apparently reviews that's have, not a good thing. reviews have gotten a little bit higher, uh, so it's now yeah. <laughs> just the twelfth yeah. worst reviewed game. Yeah, yeah, and these are this is according to user reviews. Like, I think critic wise, it's doing okay. Like, it's like I think in in the seventies in Metacritic, but hmm. in as, terms as of, with all average yeah. games, it's in the seventies. Yeah, uh, but I think I think it's yeah. you know a symptom of this you know user review culture that especially Steam has has got going, hmm. where user reviews are either ten out of ten perfect, one out of ten. <laughs> There was a black yeah. woman in it, and I don't like that. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, that was 
Yeah, that was accurate. You're 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 paraphrasing. You're not you're not saying that that's you saying. You're saying other people are saying that. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. sorry to generalize to people who write Steam user reviews, but but I stand by what I said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if we if we look at you know just as like a Metacritic as like a quick shorthand for what critics are saying. You know, seventy three on PC, two point three out of ten on on PC for for like users 68 meta score for ps5 and 63 for xbox series x so people aren't happy with it and i guess a lot of it has to do with the the amount of bugs with the game like like one of the tricky things with the game is that the 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 bullet register the hit registration is unreliable so you don't know if it's like you being like missing a shot genuinely missing a shot or is it the game not registering the shot you've you've um sent across so like (sighs) You know, I mean, that, that sounds out. like a feature. Yeah. <laughs> I can go home and say, I didn't miss a single shot. I'm the greatest yeah. Battlefield player. It's just a bad game. Yeah, a game of Battlefield <laughs> is like a box of chocolates. That's that's what we're getting to here. But yeah, like, it's just frustrating. Like, I, I think the game fundamentally, like, it, it isn't a bad game. Like, it has a lot of fun moments and it definitely feels like a Battlefield. But being a Battlefield game at launch is a shit thing. Like... All the games recently have not launched well, and you know, like the like Dice has come out saying, "Oh, we're gonna update the netcode. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna make sure that auto- assault rifles are actually accurate now, not going all over the shop. And we're gonna make sure that we're gonna add in a scoreboard. And they, I think, they called it a legacy feature, like as if knowing your score in a game is like so old school. Like it's like you, you can't tell anyone how badly they're doing. You can only tell them how good they're doing." You know, mm. yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, yeah. I was like, it was. Um, I think it was on Reddit, but I saw it somewhere else where it's like someone listed like all the features that were taken out of, or you know, are just aren't present in twenty forty two compared to previous and, games. Yeah, and it's like I don't think it's in that case because it's very long and like stuff like the score count is on there. And it's like some of it's just because I remember seeing like some comments saying, you know, oh, this is kind of ridiculous. Who expects all everything in every game? Which is fair, but it's also not the point of a list like that the point is like the scale yeah. of it and like mm. it's kind of um especially in a game like battlefield which is very um i think people kind of expect a particularly core experience from it so something yeah. like a score list going just being gone and it's like it's just <laughs> it's such dumb. a like notable absence <laughs> yeah it's 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 dumb and it's frustrating because you know that like DICE has done this before where it didn't have a lot of features at launch and then years later by the time the game's at its end it's got like all these features added back in but it's like you it's like you know these things from multiple battlefields like going back to like Battlefield 3 like people have like Battlefield's been kind of like a game that has grown like you think DICE would have learned by now You, you think like yeah, that's why. It's that's why I was so excited for it when it was announced. It's because like I saw it like you know twenty forty two. It's like near future, but still like modern after the last couple of like historic ones. My first thought was like, oh, okay, they're going like back to the basics because that's kind of what I associate with modern day Battlefield. It's just like oh, they've had their cut last couple and the last, especially Battlefield Five, didn't really, generally didn't too, do too well. Much. Yeah. <laughs> didn't um, do yeah, so it's like, I, I thought it was going to be, like, I guess maybe it is in some ways, because you've played it way more than I have, but mm. um, it's just, I got the sense that it was going to do, have everything you expect in Battlefield, and the fact that it doesn't was, like, very surprising to me, where it's like, 
it's like you're kind of taking that risk again like just do yeah. it again like everyone keeps asking for it it's gonna work yeah, it's just and, surprising uh, and mean, like it's, um, it's, oh yeah anyway sorry kai i mean it's a it's another in a long long list of games with bad launches yeah, yeah. Like a lot of the problems people are worrying about yeah it, it should know, just, could easily easily be fixed in a week it, or two i think we, we've talked about this before but it, it, it just needed a few more months like should have been delayed to like you know it could have been a march march release it's the end of the financial quarter for ea it's the it's when a lot of games get time to like i, I can't think of like another mul- major multiplayer game coming out then like i think, I think it would have l- benefited from that i think we're getting a lot of the big studios especially are taking for granted the fact that they can keep working on a game after it's published yeah mm. and they can they can test the waters like look here is the minimum that we can put out. Let's yeah. see the response, and then we'll we'll see how we go. Yeah, I think Dice has uh, a lot of experience which, with that as well, <laughs> which I think puts too many times <laughs> everyone at this. I mean, it's it's like companies and players are already defensive. Yeah, like before the game's even released, people are like this yeah. better have everything and run perfectly, or it's 100%. getting a one star. And like which, even like which a classic feature, yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. Like, admittedly, it is unrealistic in this day and age to expect like a new release to run perfectly the minute you plug it in. Like, there's going to be server issues. There's going to be bugs because that's what happens when you take a game that was being tested by you know 100, 150 people, and suddenly it's being tested by you know 50, 60,000 minimum. Hmm. Yeah, and, I don't know how many people play games. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the, the the other disappointing thing is like you know the server browser, which is such a, a a huge part of Battlefield, has gone like it's got like kind of the standard thing where it's just like you just click play and then it will just match make you to something. But it's like having dedicated servers was a big draw card for Battlefield, and a lot of the reason why Battlefield like Dice was able to add. You know, improve like Battlefield Four at launch versus Battlefield Four at the end. Like, it was a huge difference, huge. Not just in gameplay. Like, they literally sped up the netcode by like up to four times. Like, they 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 tried a lot of things, and it's like you learned all that. You you did all that learning for what? I have they forgotten Battlefront Two, which was another dice game. It is yeah. historic for how bad they fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, but I think with that one, that was more so about the monetization. So yeah. I think that's why it's it's just disappointing. And and you know what? Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it was my fault for pre-ordering. But it's like, oh yeah, why why <laughs> should why should you be caught? Like you know what I mean? Like when I when I order when I pre-order something, you know, I why should I have to have that fear that it's going to be shit? Like. I I should I should have the expectation that it should at least work and and work well. Maybe after that, like the you know the maybe the balance of the gameplay or something isn't right. But fundamentals like oh, when I shoot someone and I didn't hit them, was it because of me or was it because the game bugged out? You know, like you should be able to rely on those fundamental things, right? Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Sorry, I've I've been like oh, maybe it's a bit harsh for a game that is at its core, you know, fine like you know low 70s uh but there are some basics that they've gotten wrong that are sort of unacceptable for an established company to be getting wrong in a published game especially (laughs) 
like when the week after like a free-to-play game comes out and basically eats your lunch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, true. More on that a little this, bit later. <laughs> this could just be just be spite towards that. Like, mm. They had it all ready to go. <laughs> also, I think... Um, like, uh, big bully Van- Halo came in. <laughs> and they're like, right, well, now you don't get browsers. Now you don't get it because you jumped shit <laughs> to Xbox. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, uh, sorry, man. I think, like, um, you know, Call of Duty came out around the same time as well, like Vanguard. And it's like, as far as I've heard, that one has, like, far less issues, which I think is common for COD. I think that, that launch issues tend to be pretty minimal for COD, I think. Yeah. But it's, it's like, you a know, it's like, game as well. It, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, I don't want to compare it too harshly, like, you know, too yep. closely, I guess. But it's more like, it doesn't help. <laughs> you know, talk, bring up Halo, doing pretty well. People like it. Mm. And it's like, COD's come out pretty much the same, like, more or less probably less but like still it's better than battlefield and it's like you know it's like it's kind of makes a harsh contrast in this environment especially when they've got such a history of like launching so uh roughly and they keep doing it when you shoot someone they get hit is now a selling point for a shooter (laughs) game yeah (laughs) Yeah. oh we patched that in what what the fuck (laughs) how is that we fixed it bullets hurt you now (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> well, how about we uh, we move on to the final story, um, John? Uh, po- hopefully, a more positive one. Yeah, it has to be really. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the game awards. For this year, um, 2021, um, is, yeah, the nominations for this year's Game Awards have come out. Um, So, won't go over all of them because it's actually a very long list, which I think they tend to cut over, like, cover over a lot in the live stream itself. Too many. Oh, yeah. That's a good amount. It kind of skips through a lot. Yeah, it's like there's a lot in the background. Um, Here's Imagine Dragons. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Um, everything else just, yeah, sweep it so... Yeah, but just to kind of summarize very, very broadly, um, Deathloop is in the lead this year with nine nominations all up for that's the most of any game of this year. Um, Xbox and Bethesda, of all the, you know, when it comes to companies who have published and developed games, Xbox and Bethesda have amassed the most at 20. Um, after that was Sony at 11, and EA and Square Enix are tied at 10 each. Um, yeah, so. Oh, yeah, and we'll go over the game of the years, I guess. Um, so, for, quote, recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields, um, the game of the year's nominations are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Um, yeah, so I thought it was kind of a good list, but um, you guys will have different opinions, <laughs> maybe. I mean, what jumps out to me... Is, why is Resident Evil Village on there? It was good. It was... It was passable. Not as good as 7. But, like... <laughs> no. <laughs> like, the rest of them, at least, you know, have innovative mechanics and, you know, yeah. are, doing, are doing something new that makes them worth being on the Game of the Year list. Mm. Resident Evil Village... <laughs> beyond the new yeah. mechanic of Hot Vampire Lady... <laughs> uh, why is it there? Uh, 
Yeah, and like um, I, I think Kai, you were mentioning before the show, like, like you didn't know why Psychonauts two was there either, right? That was something you were talking about. I mean, famously, <laughs> I hate Psychonauts two. I'm not filming this in a room <laughs> with a Psychonauts poster behind me. <laughs> uh, uh, I I am glad it's there. Yeah. People should stop talking about Deathloop. Deathloop's old news. Psychonauts two, get onto it. Like I feel like Psychonauts two came and went. I I didn't really hear much about its like release or anything unfortunately exactly it's it's happening again it's the same thing that happened to the first psychonaut first it came out was brilliant but no one talked about it it got skipped over i i'm and personally now- <laughs> really i'm really excited to play it but it's just like since what i don't know i have limited money that's always the issue that i have with most games but like i, I think part of it is like it's on game pass and i expect to get game yeah. xbox eventually and it's not going anywhere so it's like that's definitely part of the reason I haven't played it yet. But like, I fully uh-huh. expect it to be like as amazing as you say it is, because the first one is stellar. Um, I'm gonna, I guess, gonna rip a bandaid off. It's short. Like it's oh, okay. a, it's, <clears throat> it's a short game. But okay. other than that, it's perfect and brilliant and <laughs> ten out of ten. Yeah. I and that's not don't... necessarily a bad thing. I think I think sometimes games are too long, especially now where everyone's so busy. Like you can't even, like. Like if if the thought of playing a game is daunting, like that's already a, a loss in my mind. Yeah, I usually don't like personally. Like I usually don't not finish games, but it's been happening a lot more lately. Because like it's, they're not even with big big games, but it's like I got like halfway through Last of Us Two until the like the turn for to not spoil people. Like there's like a significant turning point. I, I played that for a little while, but I know there's like ten more hours, so I don't want to come back to it. And it's like, and it's been a while, and it's like, I know a lot of games have been really wearing me down lately compared to usual. It's mm. like, I think I a, lo- a lot of games that have like one level that's particularly rough or like slow is that because the levels themselves take so much longer, that can oh, really yeah. be like a game changer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like oh, the knowledge it. of like, oh, this bit. We've got billions of polygons, damn it. We're going to use every single one of them and you're going to sit through all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Alien Isolation had like two-thirds of the game and the aliens not in it? That's like 13 oh, yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I know like that long. the payoffs... That, the game is so long. And like yeah. getting through it, I'm just, I know that there's a big payoff at the end. And I, I want to get to that bit. Oh my God, I'm so tired. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me. Yeah. It's like we have like a idea floating around that um, Jake proposed for our multiplayer, which I had. Mm. I don't know. It's kind of related, which is like the idea of having like final bosses that are hard or not hard. And I've like I'm yeah. a strong proponent of the idea that the final final boss should not be hard because it messes with the momentum if it is. Like I feel like if you're like yeah. if you're right at the end and you're like getting really close to it and you can feel it's like oh I'm, I'm so close. Like I just want to finish this game off. I, I guess that probably signals. Like, you know. No, like, I think you're right. I, I agree. Like, imagine a boss has three forms. Like, the first one and the second one are the tough, but then the third one is not as tough. Like, you, you kind of... Because you, you're kind of like... You're burnt out by that stage, so you probably can't commit the same a level of, like, attention that you would in the first two, like, phases, right? I, I reckon the perfect like climax of a game has two bosses. The second okay. last one is, like, the challenge... Mm. And that's where you you really put your skills to the test, and it's like the culmination of you as a player. 
And yeah. then the the actual last boss is the culmination of the story, and should not be hard because it's you know it's the oh yeah I can see the that. wrap up of your player. You've gotten powerful, you've gotten strong, you've done the story. Yeah, and it it screws with that if you get there and immediately get decked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect summation. I think <laughs> that's. I think that yeah. that's. I think that's that's great. Actually, that, I'd go for that. <laughs> mm, that's my thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be. Yeah, like, I'll be interested in seeing. Like, uh, I guess, like if we go through the games, like Deathloop is kind of the the pinnacle of the first person action game that, I guess, uh, Arcane's been doing for almost two decades now. Um, it takes two is like uh, Joseph Farris and Hazelight kind of almost not perfecting, but kind of like really polishing that two-player formula from what was that game? Was it uh, oh. Escape? Uh, uh, a way out. A way out. Yeah, that's right. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and and that goes all the way back to like even Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons, in terms of like you know that coordination. Um, Metroid Dread, obviously, uh, a, a new, a fantastic like entry in a in a long lineage of really solid two D platformers. Um, Psychonauts two, you know, there's definitely great legacy there. Um, and from what it sounds like, Kai, like gameplay wise, story wise, just like from a like a art direction and everything, it seems to be like a complete a way package out. there. Uh, then you've got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I'd say it's probably like with Resident Evil Village, maybe the weakest part of this because it's it's a Ratchet and Clank. It's it's a like it's a great showcase for the PS5, but it's still a Ratchet and Clank, and I think people don't like it as much as the other games, uh, especially like they don't like the weapon. Like that's kind of the rhetoric I've kind of seen online. Now I haven't played it myself, so obviously. I can't give a value judgment here, but that's kind of like what the vibe's been. Um, and then, as we talked about Resident Evil Village, like it's 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 a it's a great Resident first person Resident Evil game, but it seems like it doesn't have the impact of Resident Evil Seven, which is um, kind of a bummer because that was a uh, yeah. I mean, I I stand by my criteria for a game of the year is is simple enough in that it has to do something new mm. and it has to do it well. Like if there are a couple graphical glitches and stuff, that is not that is not a killer for me. It doesn't yeah. have to run perfectly, but it has to has to you know be putting forward a new idea ambitious. or taking a risk. Yeah, and like Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil yeah. are not ambitious. Is Psychonauts too? Like, I I'm almost hesitant to to even say Metroid Dread is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, probably. A lot of it's like. Yeah, like, I I haven't played it, I haven't gotten a chance to do it yet, but I've watched playthroughs of it, and it's it's classic Metroid, which is what people want, yeah. but it's not Well, then that's new. the thing, like, you could argue that, well, if we talk about, like, the definite, like, if we look at the category there, you know, it's it's about the best experience, and, like, say say I have, like, I go to, in like, I go to a restaurant, and I go to a, for a particular dish, like, just because the dish isn't like made in a new way or doesn't isn't like some brand new creation doesn't mean that it's not an amazing dish. It could still be like my favorite dish of the year, but you know, maybe you could have a different category for you know most most innovative game or something. Maybe that's kind of the way you could kind of celebrate games that do something really well. I mean, what what we've um, stumbled upon here 
but not necessarily go for that. What we've stumbled upon here is the realisation that it is hard to do subjective awards. <laughs> like, <laughs> like All three of us have come in with like yeah. different values of what we consider makes a great game. Mine is obviously, you know, ambitious, takes some yeah. risks. A Ratchet and Clank fan, <laughs> of course their best experience is going to be the new Ratchet yeah. and Clank fan. They've been waiting years for it. <laughs> Same yeah. as I was waiting years for Psychonauts <laughs> 2, and that is exactly. clearly my game of the year. What what are our predictions? I I, I think, I think it's going to be a, a death loop year. Seems oh, like it's all sure. going that way. Yeah, I'll... death loop's got the got the hype and the name behind it. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I feel like if anything, because like all these stuff are already judged by like the, the critics. Like it's like a group of critics mm. who assign you know who vote and then that kind of assigns the nominations. So considering yeah. that death loop got so many. I feel like that already says enough, but it's like, yeah. um, I feel like the it, Oscars. even if it wasn't, I feel like it would be split among them anyway, like fairly equally, yep. except for Deathloop, which will probably get a little higher. Um, yeah. well, maybe not villages, like, I don't know, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I Fair don't know. Yeah. I'd, I'd call Deathloop as well. Basically that's my long way around to that answer. Hmm. Hmm. Fair enough. No, I think what well, Kai, you think, I mean, obviously your hearts with Psychonauts. But My heart is always with Psychonauts, <laughs> but Deathloop's got it in the bag. Yeah, that's... Yeah. There is no point kidding ourselves about it. Or maybe this is going to be like a, you know, like a Scorsese thing where it's like, Arcane's tried so long, you know, like Prey was like the closest it got, and now it's like, okay, we're going to give it to you. You've earned it. <laughs> what, like a Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> yeah, or something it's, like that, yeah. <laughs> a, it's kind of a Deathloop, but it's also kind of for everything. Yeah, like it, remember how me. how great Dishonored was? Uh, it's kind of for that as well. <laughs> uh, well, that's gonna that's gonna sum it up uh, for this past week's, uh, I guess, uh, n- major news stories. Once again, um, uh, you know, please write in at podcast at doublejump dot co if you'd like to share some of your opinions on the stories from this past week. Um, this. Uh, on the last episode, we asked a question uh, of everyone, and that was whether or not uh, you think that uh, a traditional game like Battlefield 2042 could survive in the wake of, uh, you know, free-to-play contenders like Call of Duty Warzone, Apex Legends, you know, Halo Infinite, and and similar. And Kai, you had um, uh, you you wrote on our uh, in our Facebook group. Uh, that uh, I'll, I'll read out what you wrote, and you said, "Hmm, tricky one. Your impulse is no, but not because of players choosing. I think publishers are coming to the realization that instead of making sixty dollars once, they could make ten dollars in microtransactions infinitely. That said, people will always make space for something of good quality, no matter what form it comes in. So you're not necessarily saying that it it's gonna be like dead. Could couldn't have said it better myself." <laughs> <laughs> And um, then we also had Paul Holmes uh, in the in the Double Jump community group uh, also chiming in. And he said, depends on the experience that it can offer. Also, with services such as Game Pass and Xbox, the Battlefield series are free to play with your membership. So, yeah, like with EA Play, I think you get like Battlefield, games like Battlefield get added after a certain amount of time. Like basically like after they've kind of sold all the DLCs and everything. And I think if you get like EA, EA Play Ultimate, I think it's called, you get that's when you can get like EA games day one and, and game Pass is similar idea, you know, for other games, but uh, 
yeah, uh, that that's that's kind of how um how these two put it, including you, Kai. <laughs> um, and then we had. I mean, real, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. Real quick, can we stop saying these games are, are free with Xbox Game Pass or yeah, that always yeah, yeah. As well. PlayStation yeah, Plus? They're, they're not they're, free. They're in Game Pass. They're included as part of your subscription. Yeah. Access is included like, as part when, of your subscription. When you watch a show on Netflix, you don't say it's free to watch. Yeah. You you get access to it. Let's that's true. Microsoft's done yeah. a uh, done a um a great job of like kind of in all of its language saying, Oh, free to play with Game Pass, you know what I mean? Yeah. Included with Game Pass. Yeah, look at all look at all this free stuff you get for ten dollars a month. <laughs> that's that's true, that's true. And then over on our Discord, um uh we had Callum uh from from the site. He he uh, offered his opinion and he said uh, and I'm quoting him now. The main advantage, from my consumer perspective, of full-price games versus quote free-to-play games, is that you can avoid the more harmful aspects of free-to-play economies. But if the full-price games are providing the same service with the same microtransaction-riddled hellscape, which a lot of full-price AAA games do, then no. Although it's worth considering that Halo Infinite it's kind of double-dipping with a full-price campaign and a free-to-play multiplayer. Interesting there. I mean. Yes, the campaign is included with <laughs> Game Pass, <laughs> but you could buy it off the shelf as a full price game, and it's kind of yeah. Microsoft is kind of double dipping there. You get the full. It's 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 interesting because, like, like I don't know what what do you guys like, Kai? Like, since you've uh, since you've already chimed in there, like, what do you think about that idea of double dipping? I mean, I reckon he's onto something, mm. and that that's going to happen more and more often. Is that you'll get part of it for free, uh, or like the battle royale mode you'll get for free. Yeah. But then, if you want story, or you want you know the option to run your own server, that will cost more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that'll stay as like a full price. Here's your free bit, mm. and then for sixty bucks, you get another thing: the story mode and like extras. Uh, or if it'll be you buy, like for fifteen dollars you buy the story mode, and then for another fifteen dollars, you're gonna start microtransacting at that level. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> John. Like you know, since we we asked a question a week ago, like, have you given some thought about this idea? You know, do you think it's do you think it's sustainable to have like you know, I guess games coming out like you know one hundred and ten, hundred twenty dollars here in Australia. Um, versus a free-to-play game. Yeah, when you feel it that way, that's kind of it's kind of a harder question, actually. <laughs> it's like the hundred ten dollars, but um, I don't know, because like uh, like talking about Halo, it's like I remember when it was the free-to-play part was announced, and I thought it was like it felt like a hail mary from Microsoft. It's like Halo is not working out as well as we hoped it would, generally as a series since Bungie left. And it's like it's not doing terribly. I don't think it's ever doing terribly, but it's um, you know, it's interest in at least the multiplayer offerings has like dropped like notably over the years and this yeah. felt like a way to try and regain that position mm. more than but yeah pr- it probably is more profitable in the long run as well so yeah i don't know but like when it comes to like full price releases like yeah i, gr- I agree with um uh whoever said <laughs> i wasn't like about like it being um not just double dipping but like about the idea that you kind of expect a different experience from a full price release yeah. versus a free to play one yeah. and 
yeah, they're definitely blurring that line more and more. So yeah, just, I don't 100%. know. I'm, I'm very like when you put it like that with like the Halo campaign. I'm kind of curious to see how that game changes. Like so, there's like there were rumors yeah. a while ago about how them adding like episodes to Halo Infinite over time. Yeah, and, like they're not releasing any Halo games anymore, at least not for a long time. Just because be added of it. on to this. Yeah, and I was like, I'm wondering, it's like, I wonder what that kind of marketplace, like, how does it exist in the marketplace marketplace in like a few years even, if not longer? So it's like, um, hmm. anyway, yeah, that's... Yeah, like, that'll be, like, that's the thing, like, it'll be interesting because I guess the barrier to entry is lower, but maybe that's like, I... I think I was in the same boat to you. Like when it was first announced, I was like, okay, so this is what Microsoft thinks is going to make Halo relevant in 2021. Because let's be honest, like Halo multiplayer hasn't really been on fire for, I guess since three, like, let's be, or, or Reach. Like in terms mm-hmm. of um, online, like, let's not forget how like, like 343 Industries, like with Halo, um, the Master Chief Collection, like really copped off bollocking with how like it took it's still like ongoing i mean the recovery of that game of that collection so i think this was kind of that thing like what else can we do but it seems Mm -hmm. to have worked because like battlefield launched you know for early access on the 12th of november then on the 19th he had the wider release and then like the like like the week oh no i think it was like um the 12th is when it did the public release for Battlefield and then like the 15th or the 16th was when Halo just surprise dropped and that was just like bang. Everyone forgot about Battlefield. Like it, it seems like even the Battlefield subreddit was full of posts, like meme posts saying, oh, you know, saying like, oh, looking forward to it and then bang, Halo's there. And then it's, it's, and now if you look at the Halo subreddit, everyone's just complaining about the battle pass progression and microtransactions and this and that. It's like, n- no one's ever happy. Like, yeah. Well, know. in this case, they're adding stuff like that to the Halo experience, which I can understand people being frustrated by. Yeah, and they're, and they're adding it to like the Master Chief Collection as well, haven't they? Like, yeah, stuff they're, like they're doing that. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, like, <laughs> I think three four three Industries, like three four three Industries, is again double dipping, maybe triple dipping by releasing the multiplayer, calling it an open beta, but then also launching the season pass with Battle Pass, with microtransactions, and then launching the full game quote next month. So it's like it's it's cheeky. Like you've already you've already done everything. You've already started making money off people. You're still calling it a test, but it's if if it if it weren't twenty twenty one, this game would have just this would have just been the multiplayer launch. You know? Like it's just putting a beta label like I think it has done so much to like get rid of like all the mainstream outlets from criticizing it that i think it's 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 genius and it's evil they figured out the cheat code that if you never take it out of beta no one can critique you yeah <laughs> meanwhile battlefield's like oh it's a full release but you're actually like we're not gonna patch it in until like a few weeks in and then we've got some other patches planned uh just uh like thank you like thank you for being an early adopter like it's it's hard to you know what I mean? Like Watch, yeah. everyone, everyone will get a free skin or like a, a <laughs> custom gun. Probably. Uh, 
for being unlucky enough to play Battlefield 2042 at launch. Oh, don't worry. And expect it to if work. It, if it's anything like what's happened before, that gun will be overpowered. And then people who didn't early adopt it will complain that they missed out on it and that they should release it as something that could be can be sold or can be achieved by people who don't who didn't play it early. And then the people who didn't play it and then the people who did play it early are like, hey, this should be just for us. Why why are you now selling it? You know, you're not you can't win. You just can't win. I think I think the only way you can win is by releasing a game that's um you know, that works well. I think this is this I think this is a new idea. <laughs> I'm gonna start a new studio with this novel idea. Yeah. We're gonna make games that that launch well. Fine. I think I think I'm onto something. It's it's risky, but I said I loved ambition. Yeah. I'm gonna like it's <laughs> I'm in. here's a motto. I like this idea it, of like games that work. Yeah, ga- that's the thing. It's gonna be games that work, employees that don't get treated like shit and are no crunch. These are going to be three things. Uh, these are these are like fantastic new ideas. Like I came up with them myself. I patented them. Yeah, on the back um, of the box. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the back of the box. Oh, yeah. Maybe, mm. maybe that's what we have to include. It's like how movies have to say no animals were harmed. Oh no! I was thinking yeah, like, that. Do we have to include that? Force oh. force companies to admit. Yeah, like no employees were sexually harassed during the development of this game. <laughs> no families were broken up. No one was made redundant. No one was threatened by Bobby Kotick. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that's the those are the uh, the answers we've got in for last week. And I think going for um, this week, let's let's bring it to something a bit more positive. Let's let's talk about the idea of you know what 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 do we think is going to win. Uh, game of the year this year at the Game Awards. Uh, not your personal game of the like. I guess we can later on in the year we'll we'll probably do like what's your personal game of the year and why. But for now, let's talk about. Let's just keep it to the Game Awards. Uh, why do you think uh, you know a particular game is going to win? And maybe what game do you think should have been on that list that you might have been cruelly left off? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to. I'm not going to put you guys Something on the spot. Think about. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, I wouldn't have minded anyway. like Monster Hunter Rise being on there somewhere. Because I'm not sure if it was on that, any of that li- those lists. But um, I think it was on multiplayer. Oh, okay. Or like or Outer yeah. Wilds DLC. That, but maybe that came out too late. Oh, no. No, it wouldn't have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Outer Wilds uh, was recognized anywhere that I can think of. Um, no, no. Just check Monster Hunter is in best multiplayer and best role playing. Hey. Role playing's a weird one for Monster Hunter. Yeah, it's not it's really not a that role playing game. Yeah. Like but I'd say Final Fantasy fourteen is more role playing in terms of like building a character, but I guess everything's a bit of everything now. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that it's on there, so that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. And our most anticipated game is <laughs> Oh, <laughs> It's dumb. I hate most anticipated. It's, it's is a dumb category. <laughs> Alongside <You got> <laughs> best esports athlete, <laughs> you you can't give someone an award for maybe it'll be good. <laughs> it has to be. It feels good. like an award for like, have you gotten us excited enough before it's really yeah. before you before yeah. you've played it? Just just call it good trailer award. <laughs> just call it free back of the box sticker award. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Call it, you're a Zelda game and people are excited. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, let's see. Well, uh, yeah, so 
what do you think the Game Awards is going to pick as the Game of the Year for this year? Please let us know. Uh, you know, write in at podcast at doublejump.co or um, respond to the, the podcast thread on Facebook and in Discord. Gents, thank you so much again for another awesome episode. Kai, always great to have you. A pleasure to be here. I can we can all sleep easy knowing we've fixed the gaming industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. John, pleasure as always. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Kai. Thanks, Abia. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm interested. I, I, I might watch uh, a couple of like start watching that Arcane show on on um on Netflix and share some thoughts. Uh, I. I, I've been meaning to watch the new Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation, but I just haven't. I just haven't. Do not. Oh, okay. Have you seen it? <laughs> I okay. have. See, I watched Cowboy Bebop like probably, probably I would say probably close to a decade ago. So it's been a while. So I'm going to rewatch the anime. I, I haven't watched the movie, like the, the animated movie that I've heard is really good. Um... Cause I yeah. finished my rewatch on Sunday. Shit! All right, I, I guess I've got some homework to do. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Cowboy yeah. Bebop, John? Oh yeah, yeah. I, it, the original. I, it's been a long time though. <laughs> like yeah. probably around similar. Cause like I probably watched it around a decade ago or something. But it's like I've tried. <laughs> yeah. I tried rewatches and I just never like I watched the first couple episodes and then drop off like I do with everything. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably I probably need to rewatch as well to be honest. Yeah, maybe we can talk about it well, in a later episode. Well, Paul went out for the Dexter finale that John will never get through. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I'm going to get to that one. <laughs> I want to see how that one ends. <laughs> and we'll do a battle of the adaptations of the follow-ups. But yes, yeah, um, thank you so much, everyone. Please send in your questions and your answers uh, to podcast at doublejump.co or feel free to complain about our gratuitous references to murder of animals and humans likewise (laughs) Um, but yeah until next time everyone look out for one another peace see ya ciao